Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. For those of you who know me, will know that I have played the prodigal. I was raised in church. I have a falling away. And I have a lot, had a lot of learning. But this man, if I could say anything else that I will preach to the day that I die, if I have it on my tombstone, is repentance and holiness. There is no such thing as an active sinner in the life of a Christian. It is an oxymoron. It makes you a moron. Actually, it makes you a hypocrite, right? A hypocrite. And I was one then. I was a chief of among the hypocrites. And uh, just as what the, the Lord has deposited into me is a call to holiness. I preach holiness. I don't cower down for that word repentance. It means to turn away from sin. Like Miranda was worshiping and uh, Jesus said, uh, said, be holy as I'm holy. There's no there's no given, given uh, in that when it comes to the Word of God, the Bible says that without holiness, it says, follow peace with all men and, holy, and, and, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. That's right. So you need to be set apart and right standing. That's right. Are we going to be perfect? No. We are going to be perfect in the yeah. Greek that That's says right. that actually means to be complete. Right. I am perfect in the sense of completion. Right. Uh, we are human. But the strive, the desire that says, I will not give up, That's I will right. press on, I will Hallelujah. grow a spine That's in this right. day and age that says, up is down, down is up, good is evil, and evil is good. I will stand on the word of God, regardless of what people do, regardless of what people yeah. might say. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Well, thank you uh, for having me. If you have your Bibles, let's just go ahead and dive right on in. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. While you're turning there, I'm going to need a little bit of water. because I get a little bit... Excited, okay? Okay, I'm a little charismatic. When it comes to preaching the Word of God, it's not it's not of the flesh, but by golly, if you don't feel the salvation of the Lord that has come upon your life, you might need to go back to that, okay? You might need to revisit it. You might even question what that happened, because there is a sense of urgency when it comes to being, having tasted of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, amen? Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11 We're going to begin in verse 17. Everyone pray with me and for me. Heavenly Father God, we come to you, Lord Jesus. Oh God, that's it. Just bathe in this prayer right now. Let's open up the atmosphere for the word of God to be delivered. For God, the word says that you have chosen the foolishness of preaching to save the sinner, God, to heal the sick. God, your word is to be proclaimed through all the earth. Father, I pray that it would be done under the anointing, God. Not out of vain words, or as Paul said, excellency of speech, God. But I pray that you would penetrate my heart, God. That there would be revival in my heart, that I would rightly divide the word of truth, preaching your gospel, Lord God. Let the anointing rest upon my lips. Let me break under your presence, Lord God. Let me be stripped away of myself, that your Holy Spirit would come and dwell in me, God, to speak your word. Let me not say anything that is not ordained of you that you have not Set forth in the beginning of time to say tonight, God, let me speak it under the anointing, Lord Jesus, that the people would be edified, Lord God. I pray for the anointing on the ears to hear the word of God. 
that it's not my word, God, it is your word, Jesus. It is not our flesh, God, but it is your spirit, Lord God. It is not the law of man, God, but it is your grace, that saving grace that came down from Calvary's cross 2,000 years ago to save a wretch like me. And God, we thank you, God. Let your word come forth. Let it be fruitful for the kingdom of God. Let all flesh stripped away, God. Let no flesh glory in thy presence. We pray and we believe for all of these things and all of God's children said, Amen. 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 Well, we're going to be looking at the book of Hebrews. I want you guys to, to look in the context of what we're talking about. It's been said before that the book of Hebrews is known as the Jesus is better book, Sister Ellen. Brother Larry, the Jesus is better book. Because the book writer of Hebrews is directed toward the Hebrews, the Jews. Now we're not talking about Gentiles understanding at this time of the writing that we have all the revivals breaking across. Peter already had the vision with the blanket. We understand that it went beyond Jerusalem at this point. Paul is preaching to the Gentiles. Peter is preaching to the Jews, now the Gentiles. But the writer of Hebrews is not specifically known, though accredited to Paul. Understanding that the writer of Hebrews historically has never been known. It's always been speculated that it is Paul. But I want us to look at this and understand the intended audience for the writer for, for the writer of Hebrews, that it was in fact the Jews. And in this context, without actually diving into chapter 12, I want you guys to understand these were what I would call today's terms the American Christianity. Okay? They were surrounded by the synagogues. They were surrounded by Jewish teachers who had converted. They were surrounded by all these Judeo-Christian atmospheres that they were comfortable in the synagogue. They were comfortable in the temple. They had the Word of God delivered to them. And then there was a temptation to go back, just like the same that Paul had to address to the book of Gal uh, the church of Galatia, in the book of Galatians, saying, don't revert back. It was almost that same message that was delivered to the Hebrews saying, don't revert to the law. Don't go back because Jesus is better. Jesus is better than all the flesh that you can muster up. Than all the I think I can, I think I can, I'm going to do, 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 do. Just rest in Jesus. Amen. Understand, he is your Sabbath. He is everything that you'll ever need. And if you ever have any question into wondering why, how, God, how can I do this? Abide in me. Let my words abide in you. You are clay. Guess what? Clay is fashionable. Miss Joy, if I am around people that I'm moldable, then I will become just like them. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good morals. We all know that. But then why don't we pull ourselves out of that and start abiding in God and let me to be just like you? Because if I'm conformable... I need to be by something who is worth conforming to, right? His word. Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, in verse, in the chapter 12, my wife had written a devotional. And specifically it was mentioned that really honed in this, this environment of the message that the Lord has brought to me. In a verse, and, I, and the reason I don't really know right in the moment, because that's not what I'm going to be talking about, he said that you have not yet resisted. Here it is, verse 4 in chapter 12. You can just look over, turn the page if you want. 12 verse 4 says, you have not yet. Everybody say, not yet. Not yet. It hadn't happened now, but, 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 the day is coming. The day is coming. It says, the day is coming. Am I wrong? What does yet mean? It's not now, but it will be later. Yes. Amen? Yeah. It says, you have not yet resisted unto blood. Stir, uh, striving against sin. In other words, you're comfortable now, but get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, America. Wake up. Yeah. Newsflash. Yes. 
The Judeo-Christian principles aren't as popular as it was 100 years ago. I'll say it wasn't as popular as it was 50 years ago. We live in a day and age where being a Christian is truly the outcast now. When you were an atheist, they look at you stupid back in the day. Really? Well, the Bible tells me that if you don't believe in God, you're a fool, right? Am I right? Amen. But that's the idea, is understanding... He's telling them. I believe personally it was like Luke or Peter that would have written that Luke wrote the book of Acts. Because you have someone who goes through this entire laundry list. Look at verse 1. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Chapter 11. Hebrews. Hebrews 11. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Evidence of things not seen. Through faith we understand. Verse 3. The words uh, were framed by the world. I'm, I'm skimming through all this because I have a lot of scripture I want to cover. To give you guys the context... The writer of Hebrews knows so much about the Old Testament. I know this guy's a Jew. Paul was a Roman uh, citizen, okay? So I understand that my personal viewpoint, it probably was Luke who wrote the book of Acts. It was someone who was a Jew that was so learned of the Old Testament and ran through by faith Abel, by faith, that was verse 4, by faith uh, Enoch, verse 5, by faith Noah, by faith Abraham. The whole message of the book of Hebrews is faith, the just shall live by faith, not by works, lest any man should boast it is the gift of God. You cannot earn it. He gave it to you. Just receive it, church. Come on, somebody. Now, and understanding, too, when you start talking about the gift, oh, it's not by works. Oh, yeah. So guess what? Now, oh, good. I I said my sinner's prayer. Now I'm going to go to the bar. (laughs) Wrong. That's not what the Word of God says. Faith without works is? So the balance is understanding I'm not saved because I'm good. I'm good because I'm saved. Come on. Bringing balance. So he goes through all of the laundry list of by faith so-and-so, by faith so-and-so. Really powerful stuff. I want you guys, if y'all can't, go back and read it. Verse 1 all the way down. Boy, I'll stir you up. Because the Word of God, just by reading it, can preach better than I can. The, The audience is Jews that are now saved, right? The audience is being tempted to turn back to works. They're saying, you're saying Jesus is better. Faith is better. This gospel that I've preached to you is better. To give you a little bit of a taste on it, verse 17, he says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Ooh, that sounds familiar. Y'all heard that? Who else offered up his only begotten son? God the Father. Boy, Abraham is just a a parallel of that. And and it goes on to say, Of whom it was said that Isaac shall be thy seed, verse 19, according to that God was able to raise him up. How powerful is this parallel? That the one that God had promised Abraham's seed at the age of 100 years old, Sarah was 90, Right? And they, they had the promise, and then God tells them to sacrifice him. Yeah. But he knew, by faith, Abraham allowed him saying that, God, I know you will raise up my son, my only begotten son. Who that's not even the message, but God, if that doesn't stir you up, that the faith can stir you up to act like God the Father, that even if you had to lay down the life of your own son, I believe, God, that you will raise him up. Amen. Come on. Yeah. Woo! 
Where is faith in the modern church of America today that would say I would slay my own son because I know that my God and him and whom I serve is able to deliver? Yes. Come on. Come on, American church. Where's your faith? That's not even the message. (laughs) All right. Yeah, it is a bonus, my brother. And it says, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. So uh, let's just go ahead and skip all that because I'm, for the sake of time, I feel like because I really have so much to cover. But Jacob, it says in verse 21, Luke 22, Joseph. Now by faith, Moses, 23, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if y'all look in context, that'd be like saying that you're like the president's son or something. A king, okay? Whatever the cost might be. Republican or Democrat, they're all bad. Um, I'm not Republican. I tell people I am a blood-bought saint of the living God who believes in the freedom that we used to have, 1776, bring my country back and get God back in school. I'm old-fashioned. Amen. Okay, so he's saying that he refused to be called like the king's son. Uh, he would rather be called the pauper. Choosing rather, it says, verse 25, if you have a highlighter, I want y'all to highlight this. And, and I hate that I'm actually telling y'all to what to highlight in your Bible, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> highlight this. Uh, this, is, this is the word of God. This is what the Lord just burned in my heart over. Choosing rather to suffer the affliction... If I say affliction, affliction Affliction with the people of God, than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for but a season. Verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing whom is invisible. The, uh, through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. They passed through the Red Sea. I got a paraphrase. Uh, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down. Verse 30. Verse 31. By faith Rahab the harlot perished not with them that believed not, uh, and when she had received the spies by peace. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, and uh, David, and Samuel, and all these wonderful things. So he's just spitting out the laundry list of all these great men and women of God who had faith and saw them through. Verse 33, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. See, that's the problem. We're too Christianized. We're too American. You know what I mean? We're so, we're so desensitized to these stories. We have to look at what he's saying. Like he stopped the mouths of lions and literally subdued entire kingdoms. I, I, I don't know about you guys, but that, that's, that's awesome. Quench the violence of fire escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness were made strong wax valiant in fight turned to fight the armies of the alien 
Now, everybody say that was awesome. That was awesome. Was it not? Shut the mouths of lions, subdued kingdoms, did all of these great wonders of work for God. Now, these are all good things. Okay, I want y'all to hear me. We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, right? Right. We go through all of these wonderful things where God has literally just showed up, big S on his chest, like I like to say, God is my Superman, and just rescued me and just took all the problems away. Now, continuing on, everybody say, get ready. Now, verse 35, he's now saying, women receive their dead, raised again to life. That's good. All the fun stuff. Others were tortured. Oh. Others were, wait, tortured. Not yet. Remember, he said in the next chapter, you've not yet come to the point where you have to give your life for Christ. He's talking about this people now that are overseas, that are burning at the stake, getting their heads chopped off in Egypt. I want y'all to hear me, America. This is what he's now telling you. You've had all these wonderful things. By faith, Abraham, all the way down from Adam to Jesus to now. But look at what is happening. He said the women and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. In other words, they said, I will not bow. I will not cower down. I will not relent. I will stand on the promises of Jesus Christ. I will never recant. And they died for the faith is what he's telling them. They were tortured. They were tortured, and they chose, it says, I don't know if y'all caught that, not accepting deliverance, meaning they had the option, but it says they, that they might obtain a better resurrection, a better deliverance. I don't know if I'm delivering this word correctly because it's just so strong in my heart that I see that we're dying. We're dying. We are. I'm just going to get to the point. There's coming a day where judgment's going to hit this nation greater than we ever would have never anticipated. You couldn't dream it. And some of us in this room might say, oh, well, we'll be raptured out. I am not here to debate the three-part idealisms of pre-mid or post-tribulation. But what I am here to tell you, if God so chooses, hear me, church, dividing the line in the sand, Separating the sheep from the goats. If he chooses to allow this church to be purged through tribulation, will you stand? That's what I'm here to tell you. We're talking about a church that is persecuted and that is worth something. The church that is persecuted has more effect on this world for the gospel of Jesus Christ than any American the Christian them yeah. worship service clap your hands raise your hands sit down stand up and go home the persecuted church the Lord spoke to me and said the title is this a bleeding church isn't a live church if you ain't bleeding you did you ever poked at a, a corpse a dead animal is that blood flowing you bleeding he did. He did. And you want to talk about one of the best confirmations? Yeah. The Lord gave that to me. I was like, I don't know, Lord. That's, that's, it sounds cool, but what if I what if I move to this or say this instead of whatever? I started getting a nosebleed. 
<laughs> Within two minutes of writing that down as a title, I started bleeding out my nose, right, sweetheart? God slapped you pretty hard. God slapped me pretty hard and said, that is the title. Listen, a bleeding church isn't a live church. We're talking about people who were tortured for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're talking about people who would not recant. The Bible continues on to say, verse 36, read, And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. Ain't nobody, I'm sorry, I know we, we're obviously forced to... That we can't bake cakes for certain weddings. Amen. Y'all know what I'm going to get at? We know there's coming these points right now. It's getting hot. Oh, but it ain't hot. Hey, you ain't never seen hot, okay? Honey, we got a long way to go when it comes to what is truly coming to this nation. When you right. prophesied, sister, and said that the judgment is going to start with the church. Right. I said, yes, Lord. That's my confirmation there, too. There is coming a day, church. Where you might end up in jail, you might be tortured, and worse, you might die because you will not recant. And I'm praying to God for that to happen. Why? So his gospel would be spread. Y'all think I'm crazy, and I and I know, I know, you might, because I've never been there before. But I'm talking about a church that is so radical they are sick and tired of the Christianity as normal. The ones that will truly stand for God. I'm talking about Stevens that said, just like Jesus, Father, do not hold this sin against them for they know not what they do while he's being stoned. Where are the Stevens? Come on, church. If we can't get excited about a praise and worship with the guitars out of tune and not fall into love with God, feel the anguish of God in our hearts, we have lost it. The anguish of God. Hallelujah. I'm serious, church. Oh, the word of God is strong on me. I think he's telling me, get ready, warning me, warn the church, judgment is coming. They were stoned, it says, verse 37. They were stoned. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with a sword. I'm sure at this point we're like, wait, everything sounded great up until this point. Yeah, faith, faith, faith. Yeah, faith, faith. The lions were subdued. The kingdoms were taken over. And people were healed. The dead were raised. Oh, and uh, yeah, and there's coming a day when you're going to get stoned, imprisoned, beheaded, tortured, that. Many things to come. So it's kind of like, <laughs> Can we just skip to the end? You know? Why do you think Jonah didn't go? When God said, Jonah, go to Nineveh. I did a study. If every one of y'all do a study on Nineveh, every single person in here would be like, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, they were terrible. The Ninevites would take their enemy's skin and they would wall, literally wallpaper the yes. whole city walls with their skin. Your, their enemy. You want to go and preach to barbarians and tell them that they need to repent because they're worshiping a false god and turn from your sin because you're good, you're doing wrong. Point the finger, stand on their soapbox. They would take your bodies and uh, impale you and light your body on fire as a torch in the uh, outside of the city. So when people would come and see your corpse impaled, they would know not to mess with these Ninevites. Now we might see Jonah just a little bit more sympathetic. 
I probably would have found the fastest boat to the opposite direction. To <laughs> Amen. Let's not let's not be so quick to crucify Jonah. That's right. Come on. And I'm not saying or condoning his sin. Understanding rebellion does bring us to the woodshed. Jesus will bring you to the woodshed, and there will be radical transformation. Whew. But that is bad. That was bad. It's just it's just a shame when you go in the news, you see on. Fox and all these things where these Christians are being killed for their faith. We have uh, Jesus Freaks version, the Book of the Martyrs. Every Sunday morning before our Sunday school, we read an account, a historical account, recorded history of a person who chose death over recant. Stood for their faith to the dying end. To live as Christ, to die as gain. I'd rather die of martyrdom than sugar diabetes. I would rather die of boredom than a heart attack. You're going to die. You're just going to die for a really good cause. Right? Come on, somebody. Jesus, help us, Lord. It says that they were slain with a sword. Continuing verse 37. They were wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Wait a second, I thought we were more than conquerors. I thought the Bible says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. <laughs> All those who rise up against me shall fall. Yeah, it's true. But if that weapon formed against you brings you to your eternal destiny and your retirement, it didn't prosper at all. It helped you. It advanced you down the line. I've been told before by someone who was a Christian, turned away from God, brought that scripture to my mind. He's like, people die and go to and die uh, for the cause of Christ all over this world. Don't you tell me that the word of God says, no way before the kids shall prosper. So I really, he really threw a, a pastor, like I say, threw a brick in the cat in, in the hearse. I'm like, look, I threw a brick in the hearse, right? And I was kind of found, y'all gotta see this. And I was like, I thought about it, but I was like, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. In other words, it doesn't mean that the gun's just going right. to click. And I've heard yeah. actual accounts. I've met people yeah. who said that whenever they were missionaries, that they said that they pointed a gun, it didn't go off. Right. That can happen. Yeah. But if it goes off, it didn't prosper. Right. Realistically speaking, it's you just advanced you straight to retirement. Yeah. Or better, you get raised to life. By faith, Abraham, he knew that Isaac would be raised to life. Amen. He was going to go all the way with it. That's right. But he was smart. He didn't bring his wife into it. She knew she, she would kill him first. <laughs> he had to sneak away, right? And climb up a mountain. <laughs> Isn't that right, baby? You would have killed him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Tormented of when the world was not worthy. Whew. The world was not worthy of the blood of the saints that were martyred for the cause of Christ. You were so, he was just saying, you were so not worthy because you're just so sugar-coated gospel. You were so comfortable. You got cushion on your pews and they got people that are bleeding knees at their altars with rocks and sand. Been many years since I've had the opportunity, Brother Larry, to go to Mexico for mission trips. But I would encourage anyone in this room, if you have the opportunity, go overseas where they have a lot less than we do. Oh yeah, oh yeah. 
We are Babylon. Uh oh, come on. We are. We are full of ourselves. We are the church of Laodicea. We are rich, increased with goods, and in need of nothing. If you're hungry, swipe a plastic card, get something over a window, drive off, and you're fine. We are so spoiled. Amen. We, myself. Yes. They are not the words of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in, they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. Some some denominational sects would be like, "Oh, they didn't have enough faith." Oh, you know this. They didn't have enough faith. That's right. That's right. Don't get me started on cuckoos. Crazy doctrines of devils. Come on. Miranda worshiped and brought that out. There is so many doctrines of devils out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't get me started on the prosperity pimps. Name it, claim it, bring it thousand dollar seeds. You preach that to some African children yeah. in there. You tell me how much salvation you're gonna bring them. Yeah. Don't get me started. I'm not gonna throw the baby out with the bathwater, but let me tell you who look, if there's anything as a young minister I've been inspired by is men of the gospel who told it like it was. I will not sugarcoat the gospel. I will not tickle your ears. This man of God has brought me to areas that I never could have thought possible. I used to tell him that, oh, the only difference between us and sinners is I'm forgiven. Ooh, I was wrong. Took me to the woodshed. It's wrong with you, boy. Get saved. Right? Preach holiness. Grow a spinal cord for God. Now, I'm not talking about in the spirit of rebellion, but if you say that you're right. full of the Holy Ghost, then by golly, look like it and act like it and talk like it. Yeah. Yeah. Faith without works is dead. If you're saved by faith, your faith is dead, you ain't saved. And I won't apologize for saying that. Amen. Because God wants to save you. The worst position I find any Christian Christian, so-called self-proclaimed, could be as thinking that they're on their way to heaven and going anywhere but. Yeah. The Lord spoke that to me. But why? Why is that the most most dangerous place you could be? Because you won't change. You're convinced that you are right, and you won't repent. You will not change. You're just going to continue on. The devil's got you. You're on your way to heaven. Oh, I'm on my way to heaven. I got a hangover from last night, but I'm, I'm in church. Tell it like it is, church. Don't be a goat. When the, when the line is drawn the sand, make sure that you're a sheep. And sheep are holy. Sheep are righteous. Sheep reflect God's word. We are human, desperate, destitute, sick, poor, born, miserable, blind, and naked, in need of a Savior. Yes. But he himself makes us holy. He yeah, himself right. makes us righteous. Yeah. I always say this. This is one that I say a whole lot. I say, I'm just the bowl. He's the filament. Very simple. I want to read this to you guys. Charles Spurgeon. Anybody ever heard of this guy? Charles Spurgeon? Yeah. Mm. Man of God, born in 1834... At the age of 15, got saved full of the Holy Ghost, and three years later, he was preaching. Preaching to 10,000 people with one of his first sermons. The man was anointed, and people knew it, and they recognized his anointing. Charles Spurgeon said this, 
Never did the church so much prosper and so truly thrive, hear this, as when she was baptized in her own blood. The ship of the church never sailed so gloriously along as when the bloody spray of her martyrs fell on her deck. You wonder why our pews are getting more empty by the Sunday? You wonder why we have a church on every street corner literally representing all denominations. Take your pick. Throw a stone you'll hit a church window. But we don't have any converts. That's because the church is spoiled. We don't get out of our comfort zone. We're not, we don't break for the heart of God. We don't have the anguish. I don't have that anguish like I should. We, church, the word of God gave me to tell the church that get a heart of anguish. The day is coming when we will be persecuted. We will get thrown in jail. They will take our property. If you falter on your Obamacare, not hating Obama, the Lord loves him too. I'll pray for him every day. Every last one of us. Bush to all of those sinners. If you falter on it, they have a legal standing to come and take your house. Put liens against your account. Savings. I'm not making this up. Research it. If you act like Nancy Pelosi and say we have to sign it to know what's in it, you're in a lot of trouble. You better read your contracts before you sign it. Yes, indeed. It's coming, church. Yeah. It's coming. Will, it's coming. Jesus. Be an oak tree, like Pastor says, for a pine tree is one that would sprout up, come all zealous for God, and be ten feet in just one month. But in the end, they're weak and frail, and the first storm comes, they fall over and break. An oak tree would be one that would learn to lean and grow and just grow and gather all the information and, and draw close to Christ. And it takes years to make that seed into a huge oak tree. Right. But when the wind's in the way, it's gone. Yep. Woo! A bleeding church isn't a live church. Suffering is inevitable, church. Hear this. Question. Ask yourself. Is it God's judgment or our tribulation? <laughs> I love good. it. I love that old song. He never promised that the cross wouldn't be heavy or the hill wouldn't be hard to climb. When you come to Christ and you say that you're a Christian, you're basically saying, I made a decision to die. I didn't intend to come here in black, but the Lord spoke that to me. I was like, well, I guess I'm all black and kind of depressing. He said, no. (laughs) It turns out that everything's black, but he said, you're dead. And I love telling people that. Danny died a long time ago. A long time ago. We are dead men and women walking. And I implore you, dead people, don't feel a thing. Just like Stephen. Just like Paul, beaten with rods, shipwrecked. He literally shook a snake. He just shook it off. It bit his arm. Where's that tenacity? Where's that confidence? Where's that faith, Jack? Think of it. If they would have busted the doors right now, the UN Army, United Nations, bringing this one world government, that's coming. It's prophesied. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's reality. It's revelation. It's prophecy. If you don't believe it's not going to happen, then you're saying the Bible's a lie. 
coming a day when you will have to choose to take the mark or not. You might say I might be raptured out. Boy, I hope you're right. <laughs> because if you're not right, I hope you spent the time to get prepared and not being lazy thinking you wouldn't have to. I'm not here to preach a message of post-tribulation or mid-tribulation, though I do believe that is the case. I'm not here to preach that doctrine. But I am telling you one thing, that for the longest time, I'd always tell myself, oh, I'll, I'll, have, I have time. I'll get ready. Or if I miss the trumpet sound, I'll say the prayer just like Kirk Cameron did, and I'll get saved, and then I won't accept the beast. If you can't do it now, I promise you won't do it then. No. When they cut off electricity and they say you're going to go to prison, in fact, if you don't recant, you're on death row. You're not going to do it. Oh, no, no, that's good. I'll be a Muslim. I'll be, I'll be whatever you want me to be, government. Don't you tell me that you will get ready then, because if that's your attitude, you're already lost. That's it. You're already in hell. Mm. If we can't do it now, you won't do it then. So judgment coming to America. Sin will cause God's judgment. Sin in your life. Not saying losing salvation immediately, okay? Though it can happen, because when you live in sin, you can slip away. The Bible's clear that you can do that. And not, not for those of us who have the, the different point of view, that's not the point. But sin will bring death. I don't care what denomination you come from. Sin has consequences. The Bible says, be sure that you know that your sin will find you out. So ask yourself, the suffering that I'm now enduring, though inevitable, is it because God is trying to get my attention or is it because I'm truly being persecuted for the name of Christ? I'm asking myself this, church. I'm asking myself this. Because Jesus... Jesus has saved me. He has redeemed me. He has set my, my, life, my life upon a rock. And in that, I can look through anything and all the storms that come against me. I can stand strong. I need more than this American Christianity. Amen. You need more than this American Christianity. Yes. I've told people that if you just say this prayer, you ain't saved. If you say this prayer, believe on your heart that Christ is raised from the dead, ye shall be saved. Repentance is required. Yes, indeed. Doesn't say in the Bible that John the Baptist went about preaching sinner's prayer. Right. <laughs> no, it's not, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! For those of us who don't understand sin... He preached repentance, yes. the big R word, instead of the church, which now is so sugar-coated, we got spiritual diabetes preaching, oh, you're gay, you want to be pastor, that's fine. Oh, my God. You're not in Methodist church, I already did. Sad, considering that the Methodist doctrine, we're actually born out of the revivals in the mountains that were full of the Holy Ghost. It's sad. And it could be coming to your church. You're only one person. But together we are an army of God. And if we don't round out the troops with the truth, then we too, just like the Bible says, even the elect will be deceived. That's right. Sister Helen, whenever you were a little girl, fighting that time frame, if somebody went up to your mom and when you were just a little bit of 
and said, yeah, there'll be uh, homosexual pastors in the year 2015. Well, she would be mortified if it thought, you're crazy. There's no way. There's no way. But it's written in the Bible. Right? It's here. Good shall be called evil, and evil shall be called good. Judgment is coming to this nation. Tribulation as a result. Get ready. Persecution. Persecution can cause either growth or bitterness in the life of a Christian. Response determines result. I'm going to say that again. Persecution can cause either growth or bitterness. Growth or bitterness towards God. Response determines result. If you, like Job, who never cursed God, and like the Bible says that he remained steadfast, and it says that he was a perfect man, then praise God. But if you were like the wife that says, curse God and die, or your friend that would be the friends that would reject him, then that's bitterness. You lost. Hmm. Turn with me to the book of Habakkuk. It's one of those minor prophets in the Old Testament that takes even the most seasoned Christian a few turns of the pages to find it. Habakkuk. Habakkuk, the third chapter. There's only three chapters. It's a small book. Chapter 3. Matthew, go backwards a few pages. Uh, Right before Zephaniah, before Haggai, after Micah. All right, chapter 3 of Habakkuk. Everybody have a say amen? Amen. 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 We're all there. Verse 17. Habakkuk, chapter 3, verse 17. It says, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Everybody say, that's a bad form. Yeah. That's a bad form. (laughs) It says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Oh, man, that's exciting. And some of us, if the phone towers go off and the cell phone dies, oh, we have a heart attack. Let alone if all the flocks die off and all your fields don't produce and you have no food or water. But I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Woo! That's the attitude, church. And I don't know if y'all know, which I didn't either. I'll be honest. The book of Habakkuk is a minor prophet. Well, which is a pretty repetitive story in the Old Testament where Israel fell into sin again, Jack. Every single time they were falling into captivity, right? From the Medes to the Persians to the Babylonians. And Habakkuk was commissioned, just like all the other prophets, warn my people of the sin that they're living in and tell them to repent or judgment will come. And I thought, whoa, this is is like totally on with the line of Scripture because we... As people, men and women of God, Jason, you are called to a prophet to the nations. 
Now, you might not be one in the Bible that would say, I'm going to prophesy certain things. We are called to be teachers, preachers. We are called to be evangelists, apostles. The fivefold ministry is evident in today's church. And if we do not stand as the watchman on the wall that says, America, you need to repent, we will fall. Just like all of them. Oh, it was coming down the road in the World War II days and era where the dress rehearsal of the Antichrist was set forth by the powers that be to bring about the end times. And yet America stood and fought and did all these things. And the idea that if we don't grow a spinal cord and a backbone church as a church and unite and call homosexuality sin and call sin for what it is and preach repentance and stop sugarcoating the gospel, this nation will fall apart. As more than it already is, church. If we don't wake up now, there's not much to it left. I saw a political cartoon. It was great. I had a boat. Two guys on the back, two guys in the front. The guys in the front were shoveling out water with buckets. The guys in the back were like, thank God the hole's not on our side. <laughs> we're so, we're so desensitized because it hasn't come in. On our door. The the, the troops haven't come to shut down our bakeries. The troops haven't come to shut down our flower shops. The troops haven't come yet to us. But there's coming a day that if we all stay silent, everybody goes to prison. If we don't stand for righteousness today and band with our Catholics, our Methodists, our Baptists, and all of those who truly would say that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and tear down these denominational walls, not endorsing a lot of their stuff, a lot of stuff I'll never believe, but come together and recognize our rights for religious liberty. A military woman got a a court-martial because she refused to take a scripture off of her computer. She was in the uh, Navy, military, the, mi- the Marines, whatever, the military. Her personal computer. Her personal computer. Come on. I need y'all to, if y'all not, if y'all not paying attention, if I'm not paying attention, it's gonna slip underneath. Separation of church and state. It's not in the word of God, but we need to hear this. We're Americans, black, white, Indian. Filipino, right? All of us. We're Asian. Whatever. We are all Americans. Y'all need to hear this. This blew my mind. Separation of church and state. Y'all might know this. It's not in our Constitution. No, it's not. Did you know that in the 1940s it was a Supreme Court justice that hated Catholics so much that he scrambled up some old documents in the history that was a, it was a letter written to a Baptist minister by a founding father, I want to say it was Thomas Jefferson, who ensured the Baptist minister that the institution of government would not get their dirty paws in the institution of church. And the same persecution they experienced in England where there was an institution of religion by the Church of England. He was saying that separation of church and state, there would be no church of the United States and you have to agree with what I say. Right. It was a letter. It wasn't even a legal binding document from the founding fathers. He pulled that out of his pocket and said, well, James Madison said separation of church and state. Inch. Just like a lot of denominations are built upon the pastor, just one verse. They don't read the context. 
For example, judge not lest you be judged. By itself, we're not supposed to judge, right? Right. But he says that in manner and doing so, remove the plank out of your own eye, so that you then can remove the speck out of your brother's eye. Judge righteously. My point being, it's not legal that as a, as a government employee, okay, uh, a school teacher, that we cannot endorse a religion personally. We have that First Amendment right. We do. The freedom to speak and the freedom to religion and religious expression. The First Amendment ensures that protection. I got in a discussion today with a, uh, uh, many years ago, met him, but on Facebook, and he's in the military now, and he does not believe that as an American, that he, number one, he doesn't believe he has rights as, as an Army citizen, uh, as, as someone who's in the Army, and he's supposed to be the guy that's defending our right. He's to defend the Constitution is in his oath, and he doesn't even know what the Constitution means. You've got pastors that preach the pulpit and don't know what this means either. When we've got more jokes and emails than we've got repentance and a heart of God being preached, then you're going to get a church full of goats. Charles Spurgeon also said this. There's coming a day, and I love this. I've said this a billion times. Every time I say it, it's just just hits the point home. He said, there's coming a day, Sister Joy, coming a day, that instead of shepherds shepherding sheep, you'll have clowns entertaining goats at the pulpit. And tell me, we're not already there. We are so far there. And you can watch them 24 hours a day. Beware lest the elect be deceived. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let your word penetrate our hearts. Let your word penetrate our hearts. Let us feel the anguish that you feel for the lost who is dying and the church who is dying. The self-proclaimed Christians that are living in sin need to repent or they are going to hell. Hell. Isaiah 51. You don't have to turn there. Isaiah 51 verse 1 says, Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness. Ye that seek the Lord, look unto the rock whence ye were hung, and to the hole of the pit whence ye are digged. Wow. Oh, yeah. And sister, I was in a hole. But he set my feet upon a solid rock. Hallelujah. Look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah that bore you, I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. For the Lord shall comfort Zion, y'all hear me. Those in this room that prophetically speaking, if God willing that you will have to be burned at the stake as many martyrs have done in Africa, in Egypt, in European countries and all over this world. So close-minded, we just see us here in Baton Rouge or Louisiana, our little eight-to-five job, come home, cook supper. Go to church Sunday morning, Wednesday night Bible study. There's coming a day for those of you who need to hear this. You're going to look back, and if you truly decide tonight to be that person that through it all, that if the doors come kicking in and they decide to take me to prison and possibly kill me, for the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness, wilderness like Eden. He makes... Your prison cell feel like a palace. 
he turned Paul and Barnabas' prison cell into a worship meeting. Yeah. <laughs> he will turn your wilderness, it says, like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord, and joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. I don't know if that gets you excited, but that's basically saying this. We're burning at the stake. We can sing glory. We can sing hallelujah. We can sing praises to Jesus. That even in the flames of torment of martyrdom, we'll even feel like the praises of God from our lips. Do y'all hear the cry of God that would call to us to anguish and realize that if there's a day when that comes, he says, Zion, I promise you, I will comfort you. I will never leave you comfortless. That if you come to this wilderness place, I will make it feel like Eden, sister. I will make your darkest places feel bright with light. I will make your worst pain feel the most comfortable. He can turn my hamburger into a steak. Thank you, Jesus. Especially the fake ones that you get in a window. He will comfort Zion, church. The word is, number one, judgment is coming. Number two, live holy. Repent. Turn away from your sin. Number three, stand strong. Be comforted. Know that if there's coming a day, whether you have to die for your faith, imprisonment, whether you're ridiculed, beaten, whether they shut down your bakery, take your livelihood. A woman lost her children because she was homeschooling and refused to give them vaccinations. They took, them to, uh, took these kids to uh, child services because a woman chose not to vaccinate her kids. they calling it child abuse. I call it saving the life. You know, they look into vaccinations. It's a whole other deal. But if we do not recognize the true persecution that is now here, 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 sister, here, and that is definitely, definitely, definitely coming and will affect us, and we are lost already. Do not heed to this warning that we have to repent from our sin and God promises us that in that wilderness he'll make it like Eden. Y'all see that? I did a I remember because we run the YouTube channel there's one that a uh, message the Lord had given me. I preached a sermon and it was called When they turn when the world turns up the heat, will you stand in the fire? I think about it. And at the close of that sermon, I'll never forget this. It was just what the Lord gave to it for me to, to share. We all hear of the great Martin Luther, the uh, father of the Reformation of the Protestant movement that did the 95 theses on the, everything like that. But there was one guy. Thomas some, so-and-so, and I can't even remember, I did the study on He preached holiness from the pulpit, and he was just like Martin Luther. He, he fought for God's word. He uh, helped Martin Luther actually interpret this word to bring it to English, to the common folk language, so they themselves did not have to take the word of a priest or bishop or pope as to what the word of God actually says. They knew for themselves, and he preached to his congregation just like Martin Luther. And when he was given the opportunity to either recant or you will die, he faltered. He lost his spine, spiritually speaking. He gave in. 
He's one of the what we would consider a father of the Reformation. Y'all check this out. But on the day that he was supposed to have been executed, he goes back to his pulpit, talks to the congregations, assembles his congregation together, and 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 preaches the message about the church being the full the supreme authority, and that we don't need a bucket. Yada yada. He starts giving this lesson in this message. But as you read, as I was reading, he he was at the pulpit reading from his script what the church wanted him to say. Mm -hmm. Right? Which says that while he was reading, he felt the weight of conviction so heavy on him, he started to break, he started to cry. He closed it, he came around from his pulpit and he said, you know what, I can't do this anymore. Said I've, I, I'm paraphrasing. I haven't memorized the whole speech. I can read it online. But recorded history, he, he recants back and he says, "I have, I've failed you as my congregation, essentially, and I've failed my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm not going to do this anymore. We, the just shall live by faith." And he basically turned against his recant after having already signed. A contract with the church saying that he was recanting. They made it official. Well, they bring the documentation. Okay? So whenever the word got out, and there were soldiers that were right there too, came into the church and pulled him off the stage, drug him to the outer courts, beat him. We're too spoiled. We're way too spoiled here in America. It said that they beat him, tied him around the stake, threw the logs, and they set it on fire. And bound to the stake with the fire blazing right that it just started, he managed to pull his hand out. And it says, y'all hear this, it says that the first thing that's going to go is the hand that denied my Lord. And he reached as close as he could to the flames that were going to consume him to burn his hand first. Mm. That's repentance. Yes, Lord. Not a prayer. Not a fluff. Not an emotional hype. Not a great praise and worship set. That's true Christianity. died having recanted his recant there was judgment the weapon formed against him did not prosper sister but I'm telling you mark my words men and women of God if there ever is a day where you will be persecuted for God let it grow you not cause bitter it can come let's not be spoiled and stuck in our Christianity in America the line in the sand is drawn tonight. Jake, if you want to come up and play your guitar, that's fine, but I need to close. But I want y'all to hear this. I'm, I'm calling for a church that would understand that Christ's blood paid for ours. I'm going to say that again. Christ's blood paid for our blood. Yeah. I am my beloved and he is mine. And that life that I now live, I no longer live in the flesh, but I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me my point. 
is that same Jesus that laid down his life is who I am today. And that makes me, Christy, that makes me a man who would willingly lay down my life for my Lord. We may not have it. We might die of old age in our sleep. We might miss the whole thing. But the call tonight is understanding that Jesus Christ loves you to the point of his death and we have to reflect every, every head bowed and every eyes closed. We have to reflect tonight that if we do not love God with the same love that he expressed at Calvary's cross, we're not saved. That's a bold statement. I want to say that again. If you do not love Jesus the same way he loves you, you're not saved. Because if someone who had truly experienced the redemptive power of his blood would feel it. Charles Spurgeon also said this, that if you wake up tomorrow unchanged as the same as you were yesterday, you're backsliding. If the heart of God does not cause you to break for your family, does not cause you to stand amongst the heathen and without a spirit of pride and rebellion, but with confidence preaching the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we need to get saved. You see, too often, church, we grow cold, and we grow cold, and we get colder and colder, and we keep coming back to services and pretend that it's okay. We, 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 if we really looked at it, we've lost the zealousness, we've lost the fire, we've lost it all, but we just pretend that it's okay. I still listen to Caleb on the radio. When I get in the car, I still hear my Christian music. But the fire has gone out inside of us. Don't let us slip into that slope. Because the, the, the heart of a true Christian will go to the stake. The heart of someone who just comes to church and hears the Christian music on a radio while they're at work will not make it. Again, a believing church isn't a live church. And church, I'm asking us tonight to believe for Christ. And by believe, not physically. I'm talking about let's break into it. Let's press in. Let's fall like David Wilkerson says, the heart of God is anguish. And if God is broken at the sight of one sinner, and there's seven and a half billion people in this planet now, why do you think it's so celebrated when the Bible says that even one soul comes to Christ, it is a cause for all of heaven to celebrate. Why? Because it eases the heart of God just a little bit less of anguish. If we had anguish for souls in our own family and our lives, then we'd be doing more for the kingdom of God. It's been said this, Ken Hovind, he said, if we truly believe that there is a hell, then what are we doing for heaven's sake? I repent. Danny, I'll be the first to raise my hand and say, Lord, I have not broken myself out of anguish. I have not felt your heart cry that would, that would just break under that feeling, the weight of repentance. 
When all of America says that they're saved, 90% profess Judeo-Christian ethics and they're all going to hell. You know the Word of God says that narrows the gate that leads to life and two are they that find it. I think that in our reality, we're going to find in one day, Brother Larry, one day, just how truly narrow that really is. And I think for most of us, it'll be very surprising. I pray that when we're surprised at how narrow, we're actually looking from the other side, having made it. And not be those that we thought were on their way and fell through the big gate, the broad one that led to destruction. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, as we come to a close, Lord, you have not called me as a prophet, though I do prophesy in the gift. Father, I pray that your word, your prophetic word given from your written word, was enough to sustain the hunger for the people that are here tonight, God. But Lord, those that are seeking both that are lost and that are saved, that need the edification as a saved, sanctified, born-again believer, or those that need salvation as a broken, wretched, and undone sinner in need of a Savior, I pray, Lord God, that your word penetrated, that your word spoke, that it was effective, God. And if I said anything, God, that you, you did not want me to say, forgive me, God, I repent. Forgive me for that, Lord. Father, we thank you, Jesus, for the people that are here tonight, God, and I pray that you would convict us, that you would draw us to a heart of anguish that would say, God, I will feel what you feel, I will love what you love, I will hate what you hate, and I will stand with my brothers and sisters. I will exhort, I will encourage, I will be everything that you have called me to be. I will turn away from sin, and I will live holy and righteous. If that's you, and you're here tonight and you say, I, I need to make things right with God. It's not my business. It's not, I really don't care to know. Because really, it's between you and God. But if this is you and you said, I'm cold. I'm not where I used to be. I thought I was really all that in a bag of chips. But I found I was nothing but stale and busted. Then I implore you, repent. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for everyone in this room that would say that. And Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would bring comfort to those, God, that would repent and turn away. I pray, God, that you would embed your word, revealing to their heart that no matter what comes against them, though we make mountains out of small molehills, when it comes down to it in the future, when judgment really comes, that truly the book of Isaiah 51 will tell us and we would see how truly our wilderness will feel like Eden, the way you have created it originally and made it perfect. Thank you, Jesus. If everyone could go ahead and stand. And let's pray for those in this room right now. Let's pray for those that are in this room that need that prayer. Let's touch heaven right now. Come on, church, touch heaven. If you say that you're saved, man, touch heaven. Call out to Jesus. Father, we cry out for holiness. God, we cry for righteousness. God, that you would make us who you would have us to be. Jesus, I pray for your Holy Spirit to finish 
Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.